Welcome into the Thunder Sports Report. I'm Rusty Lindsay, joined with Abram Erickson, and I guess it's it's a welcome back to the Thunder Sports Report for us, as it's it's been a while since we've done one of these. But uh, it's good to be back in the saddle, Abram, and we get a chance to. I think the last time we talked, uh, we were looking ahead to the winter season. Now we're looking back at the winter season, um, in in the midst of what's what's getting back to a normal spring. But it's definitely worth taking a look at at what's been going on. On campus for the last uh, two months or so and, and kind of get a feel for uh, kind of wrapping up uh, what went on in a pretty eventful and condensed winter season. Yeah, Rusty, glad to be back. And like you said, it feels like it's been a while. And fittingly, it feels like a lot's happened since we last talked. I think condensed is a good word to um, to use when describing the winter season. It feels like there was a lot of action. Um, from you know five or so different sports packed into a pretty short period of time so we do have a lot to talk about and you know ultimately I'm just excited that we've got something to look back and talk about you know from my from my viewpoint um, a really successful winter sports season um, just in the fact that we were able to play and we were able to get through seasons a lot of our talk leading up to winter was how are these seasons going to work are we going to be able to you know get through seasons without too much issues with, you know, uh, violating COVID protocols and will we have, you know, teams and players that are available to play? What are teams around the conference going to be doing? And I think overall, looking back, we can look at a largely positive uh, experience. Still certainly glad it's only a one-off year, but um, I think, you know, talking around around Wheaton and seeing what happened around the conference, pretty uh, on the on the overall um, happy with, with what we were able to get done this this winter season. Yeah, when we talked at the beginning, we said ultimately the you you kind of put the respective campus bubbles on on notice uh, when you return to to competition, and we saw a little bit of that. With I feel like overall, you probably look at the year as successful, but there is a mixed bag element to it. I mean, you, several teams had shutdowns throughout the year. You had uh, teams at the end pulling out of conference tournaments, including one of Wheaton's teams. So I, I think overall it's it looks pretty good because there wasn't maybe as much as we expected. Um, but certainly a little bit of a mixed bag when you look at – I mean, Elmhurst had the early shutdown missed a few weeks and, and had a few plays out and I think only ended up playing about seven or eight games. Uh, just varying, varying degrees to which teams were really able to successfully navigate uh, the condensed schedule. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's definitely, you know, it's good to kind of celebrate what we were able to do, but it's also right to, you know, be disappointed in the things that weren't able to happen. You know, uh, you mentioned Wheaton team pulling out of the conference tournament, a, a women's basketball team that had a really successful year um, and, you know, was forced to do that at the end there, of course, is a super disappointing way to end a season. And and so it's not all good. It's not all, you know, um, all rosy all the way around. But I think, like you said, there's, there's good and bad and in some ways we were able to do more than we expected, which of course you're thankful for. And in other ways, you're still bummed about the way things didn't quite pan out. Yeah. And ir- ironically, it's kind of the sports we figured would be in better condition for you. Look at wrestling went off relatively uh, without a problem. Um, and, and they ended up going, culminating their season with, with a conference tournament in, in a normal fashion. They had the teams there in one site and, uh, swimming was able to figure out a way to have a successful season. So it's a little surprising that it was basketball, but let's actually start with, as we kind of, we're going to fly around through the winter, but uh, I, you mentioned that women's basketball and that was the team that ended up 11 and one. 
the top seed going into the CCIW tournament. And because it's such a weird year, they do not get to claim being the conference champion because the conference champion is what's dictated by the winner of the conference tournament. So certainly a lot of disappointment for that, given the number one seed going into the conference tournament. But um, certainly a very, very successful year for women's basketball. And, and one that I think when you look at, this has been a very impressive stretch of, of, uh, of work in the program's history, this might be Coach Kent's. This might be Kent Madsen's most impressive job as the head coach. Yeah, I would. I would not hesitate to say that at all. Um, just in my view of the program in the last couple of years since I've been here, of course, we've been successful really the whole time that I've been at Wheaton. But I think the challenge this year was losing so many accomplished players, um, so many starters just from a really good team the previous couple of years. It was what we kind of viewed as kind of a clean slate year. Of course, you still have some players from previous teams like Hannah Swider, Hannah Williams, of course, really important pieces of those those teams a year or so ago, but a lot of young faces. And I, I remember uh, announcing some of those early women's games and really being impressed by the way um, some young players stepped up. And, and, you know, to come out of the season, like you said, 11-1, unfortunately cut short you know, weren't able to see what they really could have accomplished in the tournament there. But overall, you've got to be really impressed with the way the team came together um, after starting in a place where there was just some some uncertainty with how the season would go. Yeah, and I think a lot of that disappointment comes in where the hole in the schedule was because not you only ended up playing all but one team. And for Wheaton, the basketball, it was Illinois Wesleyan. And and that's the year, the game you kind of have circled on the calendar for women's basketball the last few years has been Wheaton and Illinois Wesleyan. And obviously that was offset a little bit because Milliken was so good and ends up winning the conference tournament. But I think that was the biggest thing was looking forward to finally maybe getting that Wheaton-Illinois-Wesleyan game that had been missing and, and kind of seeing how these two teams that have for the last decade or so have been at the top of the conference and how those two really stacked up against each other. Well, yeah, and, and you know, ultimately we'll probably talk about this in a little bit, but the men do get that chance. You know, they do get to see Illinois-Wesleyan after not seeing them throughout the season. And, um, you know, the Illinois Wesleyan, whether you want to call it rivalry or just the the fact of, you know, the matter is that it's been Wheaton or Illinois Wesleyan in the women's basketball, in the CCIW, you know, conference for so long. Um, the fact that that chance isn't there for that team, especially after pulling off um, just a really, really strong regular season, is the, is the disappointing part. Um, of course, you want to participate in the conference tournament no matter who you're going to be playing, no matter who you draw, no matter how far you go. You just want to... You want to get the chance to to prove yourself at the end of the year that you know what happened during this regular season is was not a fluke, and when it comes down to you know tournament time, you're able to to get that done. And so missing that whole experience is is a bummer. But yeah, the disappointment of not being able to see a Wheaton Illinois Wesleyan kind of marquee matchup that we've seen so many times recently uh, was was maybe even more just an acute an acute piece of disappointment for this team. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with this team, and, and we talked about it, it would have, at the beginning of the year, it would be such a new identity. Was that this is so different from the team that we've seen the last four or five years, where they have had dominant post play and kind of played that. This year, this was this is a guard oriented team. I don't know that I would have expected the the mesh of of all these players coming together so well. And again, that is probably. Uh, goes to speak of the job that Coach Madison has done, the, the development of the post plays throughout the series. Yeah, uh, you know, when we take a look at the end of the year uh, and we, you know, get a chance to see kind of how things shake out in terms of, you know, all CCIW teams and things like that, you know, for the Thunder, we see Hannah Williams, Hannah Swider, and Annie Tate. And, of course, Annie Tate, um, you know, 
really one of the big surprises of the season, just being a young player coming up and, uh, you know, a sophomore, she's a unanimous um, first team honoree. And so really impressive to see um, her come in and step into a role that, you know, needed to be filled for this Thunder team. Um, and then Hannah Williams and Hannah Slider, of course, two, you know, household names at this point for the Thunder, but really a three guard look there in terms of who really led the way for the Thunder this season. Yeah, and then I, I don't think there's any any doubt that Kendall Sosa is the conference player of the year, but Annie Tate going from last year playing in just eight games, she scored two points and five rebounds. I mean, she had uh, what two double doubles this year, three double doubles this year. The, the last game, she scores thirty three points with fourteen rebounds, um, and, and so you really, really look forward to what this team can build around her moving forward. Yeah, I, I think you know again we learned you know from this year at least to you know at, at any rate not count out a team just because they've lost some big producers. Um, you never know who, of course, can be waiting in the wings. And that's the goal of any team is to, you know, be successful in the moment and, you know, have a team that does well. And, of course, Wheaton's done that in the past. Um, but then once you graduate one class of, of successful players, have another ready to step in and take their place. And even if we weren't sure if that was going to happen this year, we saw that it was. And, and you know, being only a sophomore, um, you know, Tate is going to be around for two more years, another chance to continue to build around her currently, and then, build up a team behind that as well. So, you know, that's something that, that every team wants to do. And Wheaton showed that, that, you know, they were successful in doing that this year, having someone step in a lot of times, you know, it's a combination of players that step in to fill a combination of roles. Um, maybe in this situation, a little bit more Annie Tate centric, um, you know, in, in that way, even though it was certainly a, you know, again, Hannah Williams and Hannah Swider both having really good seasons as well. I think we can confidently say Tate is the surprise out of those three. Um, in the way that she played this season. Yeah. And that's certainly not to take away from the growth of Taylor Sanders and Ellie Castle giving them a post presence. Uh, yeah. In the absence of Ann Frazier last year, the, the cruel irony of, of this being a weird year is that both conferences award a coach of the year. And we, I, I think it would have been pretty, would have swept those two awards given the way the season went um, with obviously Kent Matt's team winning, they're not winning the conference, leading the conference by two games at the end of the year. Mike Schauer's team, as we kind of transition to the men, they go undefeated into the CCIW tournament, reaching number three in the country. And, and I think we thought this team had the pieces and obviously top 15 is a little weird because not everyone's playing, but uh, I, I think it's a team that that surpassed expectations for themselves this year in that men's basketball season. Yeah, I agree. I think if we would have looked at the start of the season, you know, this team had maybe uh, we had higher initial expectations, but again, a team that that exceeded those. And you know, uh, of course, Niamey Dome has an incredible year. Um, you know, Tyson Cruikshank, who we've we've seen as really a, a capable contributor, starting out from you know being a young player on this Thunder team. I would maybe venture to say that Kate Alioth, though, um, had the biggest year in terms of a breakout and just really, I mean, played incredibly and provided a, a much needed, we can, we talk, we can talk about, you know, teams that focus heavily on guards. The Thunder have been a team like that stretching back, um, you know, at least as long as I've been here. Um, but for Kate Alioth to step in and just, you know, uh, I, I don't know the number of double-double games that he had, but it was at one point, you know, ranked pretty highly in Division Three. It seemed like every night he was going out and getting at least 10 points and had multiple, you know, 15-plus rebound games. Um, 
you know, he was a, a real surprise on a Thunder team that, again, we had high expectations for. And, of course, we've seen Cade play well in the past, but really stepped in to, to be a you know, premier player uh, on this undefeated Thunder team throughout the regular season, like you said. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably the straw that stirs the drink with this team is you needed you needed an inside presence and and Gavin Hawkins is a great stretch four, but you needed you needed somebody in the middle and and Cade with eight double doubles he finishes the regular season with twenty one points and eighteen rebounds a monster game and yeah. I think it's that development that really allows Niami Adon to have the freedom to, to kind of move all over the floor like they need to, you know, that teams can't help off of a five. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Adome, of course, is is the outstanding player of the year, um, and, and I think that's clear. Um, but, again, you talk about how Cade's play down low opens things up for Tyson and Yamia. I mean, uh, Niamh had 21.5 points per game. Uh, that's second in the CCIW, and then – you know, 32nd in division three, but you look at teams playing a lot of different numbers of games throughout the season. Those averages kind of are just get a little weird, but it, that's 18th in division three in total points. Um, you know, 4.2 rebounds per game, uh, adding three and a half about assists, um, shooting almost 40% from the three point line, just another incredible year from the Amiya Dome. And, and he was the clear go-to guy throughout the season and came up big when he needed to, in terms of, um, you know, there were plenty of times throughout the year uh, that, you know, Wheaton had blowout wins, but they also had a couple of close wins. And, and any time that it was close, we talked to Coach Hour after the game, and he just says, when you got a player like Niami Adome on your team and you can give him the ball and work through him when, when you need points, you know, that's so important and so valuable. And I think we saw that throughout the year, just him putting up big numbers night after night. Yeah, and I think you, you kind of see as he grows into – the, the feature guy here, you kind of see him the benefit of being able to watch off the ball to what Aston Francis did for uh, for his that first year when he was injured, and then the, the second year where he was part of the Final Four team. Because you kind of, lead guards are kind of following lead guards, it feels like, and Coach Shower really developed this impressive pipeline of of guys that can just take over a game. And Ye certainly looks looks to be that in in ace and and his. His development has been impressive to the point this year. Not player of the year. Yeah, you know, and I think again, if we talk about moving forward for this team, you know, that's where just you continue to get even more and more excited when you hear guys about guys coming back. I mean, uh, you're going to be able to keep a core of players around for next year, um, and all the while continuing to get younger players some time. We saw. Um, you know, freshmen and sophomores throughout the season in some of those bigger wins get more sizable playing time um, and, you know, just get in, get a taste of what, you know, basketball looks like at this level. Um, and as you're able to, like you said, get, you know, guards to follow guards, get young post players to, you know, emulate Kate Alioth um, to be able to do that this season, but then, but then be able to have that next season as well is, you know, just, a, you know, it, it makes things look really, really good for the Thunder program in the future. We had planned to get through all of the winter sports in this pod, but I think as you could start to tell, we had some technical difficulties during our recording, so we will get to the rest of the winter sports in a in the next pod or two. So at this point, we're going to pivot to part one of our planned interview for this week, which is going to be with Luke Anthony. You will hear part two of this uh, interview in, in a later pod, but Luke Anthony joined the Thunder Sports Report earlier to uh, talk about the oddities and uniqueness of this year. 
joined by Luke Anthony here on the Thunder Sports Report. And Luke, thanks for taking the time to join us. Let, let's kind of start at the beginning. I know your path to Wheaton is not the traditional path. So um, if, if you could kind of tell those who don't know your story of, of how you ended up at Wheaton, as you, I know you didn't choose that right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I grew up in Wheaton my whole life. Um, decided to attend the University of Dayton uh, for football um, right out of high school. Um, long story short, it was uh, not what I expected, not what I wanted. Um, so at, uh, after first semester of my sophomore year, I decided to transfer over to Wien and then also start playing basketball. And that was when I started playing basketball and football here at Wien, and it has been a pleasure. Yeah, I assume that's, that had to be part of the appeal of, of transferring was the, the ability to get back to doing two sports similar to what you would have done there at Wheaton North. Yeah, that, that for sure. I mean, especially the biggest appeal for me was just the Christian aspect. Um, when I was a Dan, I wasn't really around a whole bunch of Christian guys. I mean, there was a couple, but not not as many as obviously there is here at Wheaton. Um, so just be able to play sports with a group of Christian guys just like myself was really what brought me back here to Wheaton. Yeah, and given, given the timeline of your transfer, you end up kind of starting with the sport you hadn't played the longest. You kind of jumped in in the middle of the basketball season, but then you jump in and you get to join that Final Four run mm-hmm. uh, for that year. So what was that like to, A, jump back into basketball after all that time off, and then, B, be such a part of, of that run of the Final Four there? It was really amazing. Um, yeah, because when I was at Dayton, um, I did not – get any playing time with football. So I hadn't really competed in a competitive sport in a while and just be able to come back and help the team in any way possible. was just, it was just awesome to compete again. I'm just really thankful that coach shower gave me the opportunity and I'm thankful that we made the run we did. And how how was that able to kind of grease the skids then as you head into that football season? Cause Mm -hmm. there's, there's a level of competition there that that, that can be kind of different when you get on the gridirons, but Mm -hmm. just kind of having, having a semester of being like you said, being on the court and being able to compete leading into that quarterback battle going into the 2019 season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, coming in for football, um, I knew I was going to have to compete that spring after basketball ended um, and then just right away during spring ball, I just realized that we had so much talent, um, really at every position. Um, we were really deep wide receivers, running backs, O-line, and then our defense obviously was um, number one in the uh, country um, the following, the next fall. And it was just, I mean, you know, the term iron sharpens iron. It was just great to be able to go up against the number one defense in the country. And that helped me get better than also the offensive guys get really get better as well yeah it feels it feels a little weird that we're talking about the 2019 season being the last time that Wheaton's been on the football field so when you guys you guys lose the fall season here in 2020 how do you feel like that layoff between like jumping right back into basketball helped you kind of jump back into basketball again when you're talking about that long layoff without having mm-hmm. football like to build you into basketball season Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, COVID has been really weird, uh, you know, just expecting to play and then for football and then getting canceled. And at that point, a lot of the basketball guys, we were also expecting not to play, um, just logistically speaking, just to not seem like it was going to be possible. And when Coach Shower sent out the mass text saying we were we were playing, it just it was really um, – 
that's the word I'm looking for. Just really was heartwarming. Just to know that we were able to play and compete again, even though we weren't sure if we were going to have a national tournament like we didn't this past season. Um, but a lot of, like, we were just happy that we got to play. That was the biggest thing is that it's been so long since we, you know, felt like life was normal. And then basketball allowed us to like feel those couple hours of normalcy uh, a day. Yeah, Coach Shower seemed to mention a lot in his post games, kind of the the ability to step back and maybe enjoy the season mm-hmm. a little bit more. Do you feel like just being able to have that back brought a little bit more of enjoyment of the little things and just taking things one game at a time as opposed to kind of a bigger picture and a, a mm-hmm. go, go, go aspect of the season? Oh, for sure. I mean, it was just each practice we just cherished it um, just because we didn't know if, like, the next day or the day after if someone would test positive on our team or if someone on the other team would test positive and that would force us to quarantine for five days or if someone just simply got a positive test like a couple of the OCCW schools got where you got to be shut down for a week or two. Um, so we just, it was pretty much just day to day, just cherish what you got and then whatever the next day brought, just be ready for it. You feel like that probably brought the team closer together because you really had to close ranks and rely on each other for the ability mm. to, for the season to keep going. I mean, it's not like you could you could be as active in the student body as you normally would be. You kind of just have to have those guys be your circle and and move forward together. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, the, we had it really built up the trust. I mean, from the top guy to the bottom guy. Um, just because if one person tests positive, we were all shut down. It didn't, it didn't matter who it was. And then they also let us, like you said, just to uh, hang out a lot more just because, like, we knew we were the only ones that we could hang out with. So we'd have a couple guys over, hang out, all that. And then, um, yeah, it was just – it was really a blessing. I feel like we really grew as a team just because we were kind of forced to be together uh, more often than not. But it was, I enjoyed every minute of it. Do you think there's probably a correlation to that and the success of the season and just how much you guys had to spend all that time together and trust mm-hmm. each other and that leading to that special season that you guys had? Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, it's definitely a part of it. And we also knew we had a lot of guys coming back. I think we only lost Jay Spencer from the year pre- previously. So we knew like, Hey, we got, we have a good team. Um, and then the big thing was we just really enjoyed this year. We, didn't, we played really loose. We never really played tight. We were just happy that we got the opportunity to play um, the game that we loved because a lot of us weren't expecting to play it. So I think that also played just a huge factor. How weird was that first game not having anybody in the stands and you realize it's a little bit of AAU ball again and you guys mm-hmm. are your own your, your own energy, your own cheerleaders, your, your kind of everything is right there on the bench. So how long mm-hmm. did it take you guys to really fall into that and figure that out as you went through? Yeah, I mean, the first game was super weird because um, it was just like you had to get used to it. Um, you know, like the benches spread out, having to put a mask on, like for timeouts. And uh, when you're on the bench, even though towards the end of the season, we just slowly started forgetting <laughs> to do that. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was great. Um, it was great that our bench was so into it because, I mean, it – it definitely felt different, but at the same time, it was like it was a gr- cool feeling, like just being able to hear your bench more often than not. And then what we we also talked about how, you know, for the CCW championship Friday night, what the game would have looked at like without COVID. So that really, um, 
I mean, it sucked knowing that we'd probably be full capacity, but at the same time, we were just happy to be able to play in the championship game. And we all heard, we all got negative tests. We were just really excited for it, even though we lost. 